0: Good morning. You yeah, did a great job. Good morning. Um, I see a lot of new faces. I want to welcome you to Grace Church. I have the honor and privilege of leading this church with my, my beautiful wife, Misty, who just saw it. the cute one up here. I mean, sorry, Paul, but the cute one up here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us this morning. I mean, uh, have you already sensed the, the blessing of God's presence this morning already? I mean, what an amazing time in the time of worship. I really believe God was doing a lot of things, and we're gonna continue in that posture uh, as we get into the Word of God. But before we do that, I got a couple of things, uh, exciting things that are coming coming up, and I want you to mark your calendar for these things because I, I want you to make sure that you uh, show up at these things. The number one is uh, this uh, uh, time of uh, prayer and fasting. Like I think it's important as we're doing this together that we encourage and, and connect together. And what I really love about this, this thing that God is doing is that he's united you know, this whole church. And when I say church, I mean church with a capital C. And uh, what he's put on the hearts of many local pastors here is that we're gonna have a night of prayer and worship in the heart of our city. So at the uh, Performing Arts Center here, uh, we're gonna get together on February 12th. Everybody say February 12th. We're going to join all the churches around who are also fasting and praying during this season, and we're going to all gather together. We're going to have an amazing time, and I just think God's going to do an amazing work because we come seeking Him and Him alone to be the one that could save our city, that can move through our city. So I would hope that you guys join us, and what we're doing here is every every, uh, first Wednesday of the month, we have a time of prayer, and uh, we're just going to move that to the next following week. And so, uh, so February, this is going to be our time of prayer, but we're all going to show up at 7 o'clock at uh, the Performing Arts Center here in Federal Way, uh, which is strategically planted in the heart of our city, and so I'm so excited to really claim that place for Jesus Christ. So I hope you can join us. Hope you can make it out there. Um, but, uh, but also with this, with this uh, Reach Out Shelter, I think it's, it's, it's awesome that we get this opportunity to partner, like Missy said, with local churches and organizations that help our homeless population. And I think that as we go into this, this weather that we know is gonna be cold and frigid, that we, we not only keep them in prayer, but that we put, our, we put feet to our faith and that we really do our job to really reach out and to help and bless these ministries that are out there on the front line with our homeless brothers and sisters. And so we need to not only pray for them, but we need to support the ministries that are actually doing effective work for that community. So So let's lift up just the people that are there and also the people right now that find themselves right now in transition and not in a home. So let's let's, let's lift them up in prayer. Father, I thank you, God, for this morning already. God, I believe you're already active and moving and you have such good things in store for this day. But God, as we're praying together, as we're united here with one heart, one mind, Lord, we're lifting up. Uh, the many people right now that find themselves, Lord, out on the streets, and for whatever reason, God, life has brought them to that point, Lord, but I pray for hope in them, I pray for, for provision over them, Lord, I pray that they would find a, a, a warm place this week, Lord God, that there, there'd be uh, open rooms and open spots, Lord, I pray that as a church that we be activated, that we step into that space and help and resource and love and, and guide, and so that, Lord, they could find wholeness in you. And, and uh, God, we also lift up this time of prayer and worship for this church. God, we thank you for uniting us, Lord. We pray, God, that you will bless that time, protect that time, and God, and use that time for your glory and your honor. We love you, in Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, you've already heard Christy mention that we are in week two of our 21-day fast, and uh, I was hanging out with the worship team before service, and, and we were kinda talking about just, when you do a 21-day fast, I mean, there's like stages, and, uh, and, and this is kinda that week two, you're kinda going into a little bit of that hard climb. Uh, you know, anytime you've ever uh, hiked a mountain, you know that it doesn't just go straight up, but usually when you're hiking up a mountain, you kinda have to go around and I think that some of us are gonna feel that this week going into it, where it's just gonna feel like it's a little daunting. It's gonna require probably a little extra push. And I want you to know this, is that you're still climbing, even though it might feel like, hey, I don't know if I'm getting anywhere, but God is letting you know this morning that there's altitude, that there, there is an increase, and God, is as you seek him and as you're reaching out to him, I believe that he is blessing. How many of you guys have already experienced God moving and, and speaking and bringing you fresh revelation through his word, through his time of fasting and praying, right? So those of you who may not raise in your hand, I, I'm going to tell you that, like, just be ready. Because when we set time for God, it's not wasted. And I believe that God does a lot in the time we give him. And if you haven't jumped on, you've got two weeks, jump in. Be part of this. There's so much good things that God wants to do when you set time apart to be with him. So... I know I'm at this, this phase right now where, where it's getting really hard physically. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm fasting is sweets and sugar. And uh, let me tell you, man, I am craving a big old Sunday, you know? And I don't even have Sundays all the time, but like I already know my post-fast meal is gonna be a big old Sunday. So if you know where they, they do like everything and do the works, let me know, because that's where I'm gonna show up the day after my fast. And I'm so looking forward to it. Um, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm dreaming about it. I mean, pray for your pastor, man, because I, I gotta hold on two more weeks. So, uh, But th- that's where I'm at. And I, don't, I, I know I'm not the only one. So we, we are doing this together. I think it's encouraging to know that I'm not alone in this, and uh, I, uh, I know that there's lots of prayers going up for our church to find breakthrough through this fast. Well, I want to start with a question, I want to, always love to begin with a question to ask you so that kind of stirs our hearts and stimulates our brain a bit to think has opened our hearts and our minds to the Word of God, and, and so here's the big question for you this morning is, is it possible to look at something but not really see it? Have you ever been there before where, where, where something's right in front of you but you just can't see it? Everyone, everyone else probably can, but you can't. That's so frustrating, isn't it? Where it's right in front of you, you're looking for it, and it's right there, right in front of you. When I was uh, a teenager in the mid-90s, uh, there was these things that you would see everywhere. It was all over the malls, uh, all over the place, and they were called uh, magic eye 3D pictures. Anybody remember those? Yeah, my generation, right? They were everywhere, right? Let's, let's look at one right now. You see that? Yeah, bringing back memories, right? And, and what it was is that you looked at this picture, and if you stared at it long enough, it, a, a 3D image would pop out. You know what I'm talking about? Like, sometimes it would be a well or a dragon or something, but there was a hidden image behind it. And if you just looked at it a certain way, you know, uh, squinted your eyes or whatever, uh, it would just, you would see it. It would just pop out. And I remember as a teenager, man, I'd be so frustrated because all my friends could see it. All the people I was around, they could see it. And I would stare at that thing until my eyes got red. And I was one of the people that couldn't see it, no matter what I did. It even got so bad, too, after a while, uh, I just kinda lied and said that I could see it, <laughs> just so that they would shut up about all the ways that they're able to see it. Like, they'd give me all this advice. They'd say, well, Omar, if you, if you stand over here, and, and if you look, and it would just get so annoying. I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, wow, I could see it. Because when people really saw it, though, you knew. Like, they would, they would just like, whoa, it popped out. It, it's amazing. I mean, s- some of you guys that are under 20 years old, you have no idea what you're missing, <laughs> right? But these things were everywhere. And, and, and it would be so frustrating. And I, I would go, man, this is so hard. You know, Misty had this method where, where she would cross her eyes. She said, I'd cross my eyes and I'd see it. I haven't tried that one because I think it's kind of bad to stare at something really long with your eyes crossed. <laughs> but here's the reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing, this is supposed to be a cross with Jesus on the cross, but I don't know if all of you guys can see it, but, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to frustrate some of you guys already this morning. But here's the reality, here's the reality. The reality is that we can, we can look at something but not really see what we were meant to see. You can look at something, we can all look at something but not all see the same thing. And, and, and the reason why I bring this up is because as we go into this new year, And I believe that God has great things in store for this year. I mean, this whole time right now, this this whole month right now is really for us to take time to pause, slow down, and, and really sink our lives and allow God to set a course for our year. And this is what this whole thing's about. That's why this fast is so important. But I believe that as we're going into that season and we're taking this time, I believe that God wants to unleash something new in our lives, something that he desires for us to see. So I want to ask you a couple more questions, some challenging questions. So listen to this. Are you ready and are you willing for God to do a new thing in your life this year? Listen to what I'm saying. Are you ready and are you willing for God to do something new in your life this year? Here's the second question is this. Do you think that you're able to see it? and recognize this new thing as it's happening. Hmm. But listen, to are you ready and are you willing? See, on the surface, you get a lot of amens when you say a statement like that. Because we like the new, right? Like we hear that, and there's part of us that's like, yes, Lord, bring on the new. Because in our hearts, man, there's a lot of things that we want to see change, and there's a lot of things that we want to see be new. I think some of us have prayed for a very long time to say, God, I need something new. I need something fresh. And, 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 and so I know that that's where you're at today, and I, and I wanna tell you that God is God of the new. But if you really think about this question, and you take a little a, a, a deeper look at it, and if you really pick out those words, am I ready and am I willing for God to do something new? I think if we're all honest this morning, Many of us would follow it up with this question or with this thought. We would say, what does that really mean, God? What does that really mean? Something new. You do it work. See, again, we, we, we would love to see something new, something fresh, when it involves something else or someone else. You know, we're really big about saying, God, change the world, but, but we're slow to say, God, change me. See, when we think of something new and something fresh, it's obviously something usually on the outside, but it's not always something that God may want to do on the inside. So if I ask you, are you willing and are you ready for God to do something new? Some of us will backpedal on that a bit because we're just kind of like, ooh, that sounds unpredictable. That sounds like it's going to stretch my my faith. That sounds like it's going to require risk. And God's looking down and "Mm saying, mm-hmm, you're right. You might be thinking these thoughts, man, it sounds, is it going to be difficult? Some of us want to come at God with, with these prerequisite ideas of saying, God, is it going to be difficult? Is it going to be challenging? I don't know that answer for you. But what I do know is that if God's in the mix, it will require faith. It will require a stretch of faith, and, and you can fill in that bubble of what you think of when you step out in faith. And if that, challenge, if that challenges you, is that difficult for you? I don't know, but I'm just telling you, it's gonna require some faith because that's, that's how God moves. That's what God wants to do. You know, I, I, you've heard me say this before. Everybody wants to know the will of God, but very few wanna step into that will. You know? Like everybody wants to hear about it. Everybody wants to see it and know it, but not everyone is quick to jump into it they are like, God, I want to know your will for my life. And then when he shows us, we're like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> you might wonder, what kind of change would that bring? What, what kind of change? If I pray this, if I'm open for this, what, what is it going to require of me? Like I said, we, we like the new until it requires us to change. And if it does, then we kind of feel like, man, I kind of like the predictable now. I, I kind of I like the status quo now, and I kind of like to stay in my safe zone now, and, and, and we may not say this out loud, but deep inside, that's, that's kind of where our faith has stayed. It's, it's kind of where we, we feel most comfortable. We can put our faith, and we can put our life in cruise control, why? Because it makes us have the sense of control. Wow. And so it's easier to just kind of coast through this, but I want to tell you this morning that that's not God's will for, him, for you. Yeah. It's not God's will for the church, to just be on cruise until he calls us home. There's a mission at stake. God wants something new. God wants something new. Truth of the matter is that we serve a God of the new. We serve a God who's always working and always moving. So that means that He's always doing something fresh. He's always moving us forward. So the question is not: can God do something new in our lives? The big question is, will I allow him wow. to do something yeah. new? in our lives, and when it happens, am I able to see it? Even if it's right in front of me, am I able to see it? And that's really the whole base of this message this morning. See, the tragedy is that we could all fall into this slumber. We could all fall asleep spiritually, especially in churches. And this is what happens when churches stop seeking God for fresh revelation, for a fresh move, for for God to change them. That's one of the reasons why I called us to do a fast, because I think a fast kind of creates this, this, this focus on him. It creates this anticipation for God to move. It wakes the church up when we seek him with just the dependence on him to move. Fasting keeps us awake and it keeps us alert into a spiritual reality that we're living in. Some of us don't realize that we're in, there's a spiritual rea- ra- reality at play. We stepped into it the day we became born again. And sometimes we just forget. We just get too caught up into the natural, knowing that we exist in a world that is supernatural. right? There's beyond, There's things beyond what we can see. There's a reality that's bigger than that. I can go in a whole sermon on that. But we're in this fast. And last week I talked to you about... about what a fast does, and, and, and if you haven't heard that, please, please listen, this is like part two to that message, so, so if you didn't have time to, to listen to that, please listen to that. But a fast brings this anticipation to see God work. And I wanna just challenge anybody in this room, if you feel like you're, life, you're spiritually asleep, and you, you know what I'm talking about, I don't think I have to describe what it means to be spiritually asleep, but, but, but if you came in here and you feel dry, and if you came in here and the, and the worship wasn't vibrant for you, then I'm telling you, maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're asleep. Maybe you're not alert and aware of what God would want you to be aware of. So jump in. A fast will really get that jump started. But here's the bottom line, I I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on the work of God. Not just in my life, but in the life of this church and the life of our city. We don't want to miss out, because I believe that God is doing something new. I think God is doing a big work in this world, and I don't want to miss out, I don't want to pull back. I want to press in, and I want to see what God is doing, because I believe that God is doing something new. We serve a God of the new, everybody say "New." new. New. This morning, we're going to look at a familiar passage, if you have your Bibles, or you can scroll to, or turn on to, or whatever, Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43. This is a very familiar scripture, very popular scripture, especially during this time of year. You probably have seen this written on a piece of art, piece of wood at Hobby Lobby, right? This is going to be a familiar one for you. (laughs) But like all familiar scriptures, sometimes they're, uh, they're understood out of context, so I hope to help us all with that. But listen to this. This is Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. And remember, like, this is the Lord talking. This is the Lord speaking. And he says this. He says, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Let me say, Amen. <laughs> Some of you are like, Yes, I needed to hear that this morning. I'm good. But he says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Like I said, sometimes familiar scriptures like that, they 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 become understood out of context. So I I wanna help us, because here's the thing, sometimes when we hear this phrase, do not dwell on the past, we automatically look at it with a negative lens. We automatically think of our past regrets, our past mistakes, our mess ups, our uh uh moments in the past. And so when somebody says this, we're like, yes, forget the bad things that I did, forget all the mess ups of the last year, now I'm moving forward, I'm moving on. And guess what, friends, that's good advice. That's good advice. That's a good advice for somebody here that maybe this year you need to let go of some of those things and move forward. You need to forgive yourself or you need to let go of those things and move forward. That's great advice. That's good. But that's not what it's saying. That's not what God's saying. God's not saying that. Let's keep reading. So God's saying, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. He says this, see, I am doing a new thing. And I love that that God puts an exclamation point on the end of that. You know, when you read words from God, it, it, it hardly has exclamation points, right? There's a lot of periods there. But, but when God puts an exclamation point on something, man, that means he's excited about it. That means he's declaring it. That, that there's something behind that, that God is like, ooh, man, I am doing something new. And listen to this, he says, now it springs up. Do you perceive, in other words, it's happening. Do you see it? God's excited about this new thing he's doing, and he's like, and it's happening. Do you see it? Here, here's the context of this. This is what's gonna help us understand really what's happening here. See, if you know anything about the people of Israel and the history that they had, they know that at one time, all the people of Israel, they were uh, held captive in bondage as slaves to a nation called Egypt. Those of us who read the book of Exodus, we understand that God raised up a man of, named Moses, and, and, and through Moses' obedience to lead God's people, God empowered and showed uh, an amazing uh, uh, breakthrough for these people through his signs and wonders, right? We know about the plagues. We know that as they go out into the wilderness, we know that God comes and, and he parts the Red Sea. We know that God provided for the people that were out there and they couldn't, they couldn't farm for their crops, so God sends down manna from heaven. I mean, there's a lot of miraculous things that happen to these people as God is leading them through the wilderness, leading them to their promised land. We all, we, we, we're, a lot of us are familiar with that story of these people that God set free through his power, through signs, and through wonders. Well, fast forward 700 years later, and in that time they, they become led by, by judges God, that God appoints, and then, and then from there they, they appoint a king. I mean, there's a lot, long history in 700 years and as they go into this, this season or this time in their history where they were led by kings, uh, it might have started out right, but eventually these kings, they, they started leading the people into things that they shouldn't have been led into. Like bringing some idols uh, into their practice and, and, and they defiled the things of God and the people of God. And the people found themselves in a spiritual bondage through that time. Not only that, but you fast forward and it's through all that, through that time, that all of a sudden uh, God brought them into a physical bondage once again. So not only were they spiritually in bondage, but they were also back into physical bondage. This time it wasn't through the nation of Egypt, but it was through another nation called Babylon. And what is happening here is that God is speaking through the prophet and the prophet is looking and, and he's, he's seeing the brokenness. He's seeing the bondage of the people and he's pleading to God and he's speaking to God and he's saying, God, we, we need you to do something. Remember when you freed your people from Egypt. Remember when your mighty hand came and the plagues came and, and you did all these miraculous signs. The prophet said, remember, he's trying to bring people back to remember that God did that because people were starving and crying out for freedom and they're remembering those days. They're remembering that time, and they were going before God, and God steps in, and God's like, yes, I do remember that time, and I do remember what I did, and I do remember all those things. God says, those were great things. Those were big things. Those were powerful things. They displayed my glory and my power. But then we get to verse 18, and God himself says this. He says, now forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. What does that mean? Here's what God's saying. God's saying, if you thought what I did in Egypt was big, if you thought what I did in Egypt showed my power and my might, just get ready for what I have in store because what I'm doing is bigger and better. How many of you know that the kingdom of God is always gonna increase, it's always gonna grow, it's always gonna be bigger and better? Our best days are ahead of us, not behind us, right? And so God is waking these people up to this reality that he is God Almighty, the creator, and he's saying, man, you dwell so much on those days, get ready for what I'm about to do. Now, what, Jesus, what God is doing here is he's setting them up for Jesus. He's saying, man, you thought that Moses was a deliverer? You thought that Joshua was going to set you into the promised land? He says, there is one that's to come, and he's going to conquer all those realms and all those dimensions, both spiritually and physically. Oh, there's so much depth in that of what he's proclaiming. Because later on, Isaiah sees a vision of the Lord, our King, our Messiah, our Christ. I mean, there's so much in that. But what I want you to hear this morning is that when God says he's doing something new, it's always bigger and better than we could ever imagine. And God is excited to reveal that to us, to show us the greater things are to come. God's not saying forget your wretched past and move on in life, he's not saying that. He's saying you have to see what I'm doing now and what I'm doing today and what I'm about to do in the future. See, too many of us, man, we spend too much time looking in the past. Now, there's a time for reflection, and if you were here with us on our our first uh, Wednesday of the year, you know that I set up stations around, and we took time to reflect on the previous year. I think that's a great practice, that's a great rhythm in life, to take time to see what God did in the past so that it could build our faith and that it could glorify God so we can press into the future, not that we could dwell there and live there. That's important, but in this case, God is saying, if all you do is look in your rear view mirror of what I've done, you'll never step into what I'm doing today, doing right now. This is why I believe that so many churches, they, they, they grow stagnant. <laughs> I'm telling you, this church, we will not do that. I'm gonna press in because I believe that God has something new and something fresh. I think churches, at times, we can be really good at hindsight faith and not so good at future faith. We can let our faith become nostalgic, right? Remember the good old days? I love the good old days. I got good old days. I have moments in my past that were mile markers. I have moments in my past that God moved in miraculous ways. I'm not letting those things go, but I'm not dwelling in them either. Those are great days. The good old days were good days. We learned a lot from them. We grew from them, but that's not where God wants to keep us especially when God wants us to move forward into something new. Sometimes, friends, it could be right in front of us and we don't even see it because we can't see beyond the natural because we fell asleep spiritually and we don't have spiritual eyes to see what my God may want to do now and today. How many you know that God's word is so full of fresh revelations for you today? I mean, come on, like if those of you who've been doing this for a little while, I mean, I've been, I've been only walking with the Lord for 21 years and I remember uh, going through the Bible in my 20s and now I'm in my 40s and I'm reading through the Bible and it's giving me fresh revelation even though I read that scripture thousands of times it seems like, but it has fresh revelation in it every day. Because God wants to bring something new. I mean, when I open up the word of God and I believe that the spirit of God is gonna teach me and if I have the spirit of God and read the word of God, then I encounter Christ. And how many know that when you encounter Christ, you're never the same? If you don't believe me, read scripture. Anybody who encountered Christ was never the same. And I can get that, you can get that every day. That's why i that fasting is gonna help us practice that spiritual muscle. Some of you guys are not accustomed to reading your Bible daily, but I'm telling you, as you read God's word daily and you allow the Holy Spirit speak to you, you're gonna have fresh revelation. Your eyes are gonna be open. Your spirit's gonna get stronger. That's why we're doing this. Because every time we step in to what God wants to do, it will require faith. God wants us to see with our eyes and he wants us to see with our spirit. See, fasting will help you see supernaturally. Fasting will help you be alert spiritually. Why? Because remember, fasting is refraining from a certain appetite for a certain time for a spiritual purpose. And when you make that a priority, you make that a practice in your life, man, it's gonna change you. Fasting will help you see beyond what you can feel. Let's turn to another passage of scripture here. It's it's, it's a small book in the Old Testament. It's kind of towards the end. It's the book of Habakkuk you don't know where that's at, you got your Bible, find Matthew, you'll find that. Back up four books, okay? But Habakkuk was a a prophet. And in this small little prophetic book, he makes a declaration about the future. Remember, this is all about Jesus. All the prophecies point to Jesus. And, And this was written 600 years before the birth of Christ. Pretty amazing to me. That blows my mind. Yet, this is God talking again through the prophet, and he says this, he says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. You hear what that's saying? God said, man, the thing I'm gonna do, if I really told you everything that was gonna happen, you wouldn't even believe me. It's that good. Anybody ever tell you something that just seems too good to be true, and they delivered, bam, right? Isn't that amazing? God saying, just wait. See, we, we get, kind of get stuck in God's paradoxes sometimes when we think, you know, here's a God who never changes, but it's a God who's always doing something new. If you ever think about that? We know that God, Jesus Christ, is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, five, right? But here's the thing. God's nature never changes, but his work in our life is always pouring in fresh revelation to us. That's what we need to understand. And there's so much more to God. I mean, I've talked to saints that were 70, 80 years old, and they've been serving God most of their lives since they were kids, and they're always telling me, Pastor Omar, there's so much more. Who are we to think we've seen it all, done it all, heard it all, experienced it all? If, 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 if Christianity is stagnant and old and dead and tired to you, that's your fault. That's not God's. Sorry, not sorry. But some of us are stagnant in our faith. Not because God is not moving, but because we've not allowed him to have permission to move in us. And Habakkuk is telling the people, he says, he says God is gonna do something right in front of you and he's gonna, gonna be right in front of your nose and you're gonna miss out. You're not gonna see it. You know what he's talking about, He's a prophetic word. Jesus fulfilled it when he showed up on the scene. God in the flesh, remember, God in the flesh the very nature and character of God, perfect. The invisible God was visible in, through the image of the Son of God, right? Like, like, like he was right in front of them and people missed it. You would think that, that God in the flesh, that everybody around him would have seen and, and exalted him and saw the glory, but they didn't. Many people missed it. Many people didn't see. They missed it. And this is what he's talking about. Why did they miss it? because Jesus didn't fit their ideas of what the Messiah would look like. He, 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 didn't, he didn't fit the mold that they had for this Messiah that was to come, their understanding of scripture, their understanding because they were spiritually blind. Jesus says this, he refers to this in John 5, 9, uh, and 40, he says you study the scriptures diligently. He's talking to these people, these, these ones that should have known, should have recognized. Because they knew the scripture frontwards and backwards. They studied it. They, they devoted their lives to these scriptures that all pointed to Christ. And he says, you should have known. And he says this. He says, you, you, you study them diligently. He says, because you think that in them they have eternal life. He says, all these scriptures were given to testify about me. And then there's 440. This is the hard part. He says, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. In other words, Jesus is calling them out. And he, says, he says, everything you've been waiting for Everything you've been waiting for, it's right here, right in front of you, and you are missing it because your spiritual eyes are not open. They saw, but they couldn't see. Jesus was manifesting the very nature and character of God, and they're thinking, mm, no, that's not him because he doesn't look like he's supposed to look like. Friends, I wonder, sometimes God is trying to do, show up, God is trying to answer our prayers, God's trying to do things, and we're denying it because we're saying, no, that's not the way that it should look like. That's not the way, because we we are limited in our knowledge and our experience of God, and we think that we hold God into this little box in this little mold, and we say that's the only way that God can work. The only way that God can work is in in these four walls. The only way I can minister and pray for people is in this space, because this is in this space is all I know, and that's how I felt God and experienced God, but what if God wants to do some things out there that are just as good as in here, maybe that's the whole thing of this whole thing, is that I'm supposed to help you, train you up so you can go out there so that the world can experience God's presence anywhere. Believe they don't have to. I mean, I love that they come here, but they don't have to come here because every week you guys go out there. God says, I'm doing a new thing. It's all about coming and gathering in here, it's about scattering out there, bringing the glory of God wherever you go. That's what He's building us up for. So we prepare, but our eyes have to be open because God is always working and God's always on the move. But Jesus is like saying, You see, but you don't see. You're looking right at them, but you don't recognize. Oh, let's never let that be said of us, friends. Let's never dismiss the work of God just because we haven't gotten there yet. I mean, you hear about these these celebrities and people that are coming to Christ, and some of us are being critical about it because it doesn't look the way we were brought up, the what we have accustomed to. God's moving. With or without us, but God's moving. And, and God, Jesus is saying this, he says, you know a lot about these scriptures, but you lack discernment. <laughs> That's what happens when we stop reading scripture. Did you hear that? You know a lot about scripture, but you lack discernment. This is what's happened when we, when we read scripture, but we don't let scripture read us. This is what happens when we never submit ourselves to the authority of scripture. See, we can memorize it, but if we don't uh, receive it, we don't apply it, then it becomes like, like we become like those people the Bible describes this way in 2 Timothy 3.7, he says, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Let's never let that be said of us. The Apostle Paul addressed the same thing. And what's amazing is that he actually uses this this little passage in Habakkuk uh, 1.5. See, he's in a synagogue, and he's addressing these religious leaders, and he's trying to show them that all the scriptures that they were brought up to know, all the scriptures that they brought into their hearts and that they studied, he says, guess what, friends? I'm going to connect the dots for you. And he's laying out these massive sermons, and he's preaching Jesus Christ, and he's preaching them crucified and raised from the dead, that he is the Messiah. And man, it was convincing some folks, but it was not others, because they were just puffed up in their knowledge, and they just thought, no, that's just not the way that God works. I don't believe in this Jesus of Nazareth, even though everything pointed to him. So so Paul is is talking to him, and and he gets so frustrated. I love about Paul, he's fiery, and he gets in there, and he he says, yeah, he said, he came and you crucified him. It's in Acts 13, if you wanna read it. Because they couldn't see with their spiritual eyes. They had religion down, but they didn't understand the presence. They had good doctrine, but they didn't, they just put God in a box with that doctrine. They wanted, they didn't want God to break, out of the box, they didn't want God to do something new, they wanted to hold on to the old. They wanted to fight for the mold when God said, I want to break the mold. Now, here's the thing. We know that we got the full revelation of, through Christ. Everything, all of God's promises is yes and amen. I am not preaching that there, that there is some, some new revelation that we have not gained through the word of God and through the spirit of God, but I think our understanding can grow. Our understanding could change. Okay, we got to seek God for that. Please hear me out on that, because I stand strong on that. Uh, let me give you another, couple of, uh, another one example and we're gonna wrap up here. I'm <laughs> gonna give you an example of a time where God was moving radically in a way that was unfamiliar to the people at the time. This, that generation, no one generation has seen what God did in this moment. So it confused some people. Some people saw, others missed out. It's in the book of Acts chapter two. You familiar with that passage? called the day of Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit came and he filled the believers and they started speaking in tongues and and, and prophesying about God. It's an amazing moment in church history. Let's look at it real quick, it's Acts chapter two. We see that in this moment there's people from all over the world and they're there for Passover but then all of a sudden like like God pours out a Spirit, they start speaking in all these languages. The people that they knew, and they knew that these people they, they didn't go to the to the college and universities of the day. They—they they didn't have Duolingo or Rosetta Stone. They're like, how do these people know these languages? They don't look like they've even been through high school or something like that. You know, they're critical of these people that look like like the working class or or the lower uh, class people. They're like, man, but they're educated. And they're speaking and declaring these wonders of God, and, and it blew their mind. Listen to this verse 11, it says this, it says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. You know, sometimes we get caught up in the tongues part. I, I stop at the wonders part, I'm like, what did they say? Can you imagine? The wonders of God being declared, what did they say? I wanna know, I'm gonna ask that in heaven. I'm gonna go, like, what did you guys say? Because the wonders of God, that just piques my interest. But on the day of Pentecost, God's unleashing Wonders. Ah, I mean, think about what that, that that means new, fresh, amazing. And it was blowing their mind, because they'd never seen this. Verse 12, it says this, it says, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? They couldn't wrap their head around it, they're like, I don't get this, my heart is is starting to stir, I'm wondering that there's something real here, but they, they didn't understand yet. God brings clarity later through Peter, but, but at that time, they're just like, this is a move of God, but I've never seen it. It's not in a synagogue, it's not in a temple, it's out in the streets in the upper room. Could that be God? Friends, I'm wondering if sometimes we just we get so hung up and so caught up in all these little things that really don't matter. That's what's happening here. Verse 13. I need to lighten up. <laughs> it says, some, however, made fun of them and said they have too much wine to drink. Remember, all these people experienced this. All these people witnessed this. There was a bunch of people. I mean, later on in scripture, we find out that 3,000 people came into the church that day. That's a big crowd. They all saw, but only few seen God work and move. Some of them dismissed it because it didn't fit the mold. It didn't fit their, 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 what they thought a move of God would look like. So they dismissed it as being crazy, fringe Uh, God can't move that way. They dismissed it because it didn't fit their paradigm. I want to ask you this morning because sometimes we read this and and we look through this and and we kind of get a little judgmental on those people sometimes. (laughs) Like who are they? They didn't see that? That would have been radical. And I think on this side of history, we can look back and we can go like, yeah, I I could believe that happened. I could believe that was a move of God. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's in scripture for us. And we go, okay, it's scripture, so we believe. But I wanna challenge you for a moment. Imagine you being there that day. Imagine you seeing this whole thing happen, this spectacle, this craziness, this, this, this thing that seems like there's something about it. It seems powerful, but I don't know. Would you be on the side that would say, yes, I'm curious enough to go and peek in, I'm curious enough to listen, I'm curious enough to see what's going on, or are you one that's gonna pull back and say, oh, you're gonna dismiss it as, oh, they're, they're just radical? <laughs> Friends, here's the thing, I think so many Christians, we're, we live more in the, theor- the theory than we do with being radical, right? We, 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 we think of our faith in theory, we believe, but we don't ever have enough faith to step out in what we believe, because it's radical, because it's different, it's unfamiliar, it's not what we're used to, and so we dismiss those things, but maybe part of God doing something new and something fresh is gonna challenge you to stretch out and maybe just test, because God has given us that ability to test, to be able to see beyond the natural and into the supernatural. I'm gonna close out with this. This is what it all gonna funnel down into is this. There's one thing that's gonna help us. How do we know? How do we know that something is a move of God and not a move of God? And this is such a burden on me as a pastor, as your pastor, because I want you to be well equipped to discern if it's good, if it's, if it's bad, if it's real, if it's not. Because there's a lot of crazy things happening in the world. There's gonna be people coming in and saying they're from God and they're not from God. There's gonna be a lot of that, it's gonna increase. So my job is to equip you and to get you ready and to prepare you to know how to distinguish truth from from falsehoods, how to discern right from wrong, good from bad, a move of God to something crazy. How do you know? One word, discernment. Discernment. Guys, sometimes we get so caught up in all this other stuff that we're seeking after. When was the last time you prayed and asked God for discernment? To build your discernment so that you could test and know what is a move of God and what's not a move of God, so that you can walk through life with your eyes wide open to see the spiritual and to understand what God is doing in that moment for that time, for that person. There's a world out there that's been praying and maybe they're right in front of you every day. Maybe you walk by them in the checkout line. Maybe they go to your kids' school. Maybe they're your neighbor. Maybe they're your brother or your sister. And and you're not seeing them in the spiritual. You're just seeing them in the natural because no discernment or weak discernment. We need to ask for discernment. That's what this whole fast, I pray that that be part of your prayer life, to say God give me discernment, increase my discernment, help me to test. We're gonna talk about the gifts of the spirit, we're gonna talk that one of them is actually an increase of that to where you could discern the spirits and words of knowledge and prophetic words, that's revelation from God. Okay, that's exciting stuff. But we gotta start with discernment. We need discernment. We need more discernment in the church. We need more discernment in you. Don't worry about a lot of the stuff in here, man. I got elders, there's pastoral staff. And don't, we, we're shepherds. We're gonna protect. But when you're out there, the Holy Spirit's equipped you to be able to build this muscle up so that you can discern what is true what's not true. So you can see what is the move of God and how he's moving and how he's working in the world and in the lives of the people around us. Remember the Pharisees, they said that they knew a lot of scripture but they lacked discernment. Jesus was right in front of them and they didn't understand, they didn't see. And they missed out on the greatest move that God has ever done on this earth yet. The Son of God coming in the flesh, crucified for the atonement of our sins and resurrected in power and glory. A lot of people missed out on that. Why? Because they didn't have discernment. They didn't recognize what God was doing. So how do we get there? How, uh, what, how are we going to pray? Here's the thing. Discernment the only comes by the Holy Spirit. It only comes by the Holy Spirit. That's why we preach about the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, and we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works with gifts and, and develops fruit in our lives. I mean, all that stuff. is. Uh, we don't have all that time today, but that's what we believe. That's what we teach. But the Holy Spirit, but you know, here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness. How does he do that? How does the Holy Spirit bear witness does The Holy Spirit puts something on our heart. We, we understand, we gotta test. How do we figure this out? I'm glad that the Lord brings the body of Christ together, that he's united us together. And so how do we understand discernment? How do we grow in discernment? How God use that? He uses the body of Christ and the word, the holy word, to test and to confirm and to bear witness of what we're feeling, what we're discerning, what we're, we're seeing. You don't go off on your own. You don't go rogue, that's weird. But if you could take what you discern, when you take what you see, what God is allowing you to see and you recognize that as a move of God, an act of God, you bring it into the house, you bring it into the people that you know, you bring the people that you trust that would pray with you and seek God for you and connect with you and confirming you that yes, that is God's move, that is God's work. Yes, moving. aren't you glad that God does that? So that you're not just relying on one person but God does it through the body but then you bring it before the Holy Word and, you, and, and the Word and God's body, I mean, it's, it gets activated and you grow in your discernment. You wanna grow in your discernment, stay plugged in, keep studying and reading the Word. Keep seeking God because He wants to do something fresh and something new. So I just wonder, as we close out here, that as we're asking God for the new, for are asking God to do something fresh and something new in our lives this year, what does that mean to you? What will it take? Will we have courage enough to trust and test and step out? Ask God for discernment to know the difference of the direction he gives us. Are we willing to trust him or will we ignore him because we just put too much limitations on what God can do and can't do? I don't wanna be in that boat, friends, because I've done that before in a season of my life and I missed out on a whole lot of good things. I don't want you to do the same thing. So if you're able to stand, could you stand? Fasting helps, keeps us alert, keeps us open, keeps us hungry, spiritually and physically, right? But as I, I wanna show you this, the Apostle Paul, as he's writing to the church, he tells them this, is Philippians 1, 9, 3, and then we're gonna pray. He says, and this is my prayer, that you love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. This is his prayer, and this is my prayer for you that you as a church, us as Grace Church, that our love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight. So that, why? Not to get puffed up, not to be prideful, but so that we may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. That's what God wants to do. That's what God is calling us to do. We're God leading us. So, So if you could just close your eyes for a moment. I want to just encourage you right now to, to just sit before God, to stand before God's presence and just say, God, here I am, God. And if that's you today, if you're just like, if there's any area in your life that just needs an adjustment, any area in your life where you're just, maybe you feel like your eyes have been closed, that you've been asleep spiritually and you know what that's like and you're just tired of it and you're saying, God, wake me up and you're going to commit to taking time to work through that process through fasting and praying in the next two weeks. I want you to right now just declare it. Right now, confess it. Right now, just step in and say, God, I wanna trust you. This is gonna be hard. I know, but it's gonna be worth it. You're already stirring my heart now. I can't wait till what's coming. And God wants to show you, man, there's a good thing coming. There's a great thing coming. If I told you all of it now, it would blow your mind. You wouldn't even believe it. But you can trust me, because I've never failed you. You can trust me, because I've never let you down. I've always been there to commit myself to you. So, will you now in turn commit yourself to me? Holy. So, if that's you right now. Just surrender it to God. Surrender what that is. Search it. Let Him search your heart. us thinking. Father, I thank you for this moment, this holy moment. I thank you, God, because you're breathing new life into many people right now, God. You're waking them up for the first time in a long time, God. You're doing something amazing, stirring their hearts. I'm so excited for what you're doing, the work you began, because you said, behold, I'm doing a new thing, and it's begun. Can you see it? And God, I pray that people's eyes will be open to see and recognize that work. Oh, friends, don't, don't don't look down on humble beginnings. Don't, don't, don't. Because that means that the, God's work has begun. And I pray, God, right now that they see that your work has already begun. And you're going to continue to grow that and increase that each and every day. We thank you, Lord. We love you. Keep our eyes open. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope you were blessed today. And uh, remember, sign up for your groups. It's a place to grow and a place to connect. We love you guys. And. I hope you guys have a great game today. Enjoy the game.